Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. Today's episode is going to be a listener favorite. Over the next two weeks, Team BOD will be taking a little time off to enjoy the holidays, and we hope that you're doing the same. We decided to take a look back at our past episodes, over 250 of them, and selected a couple of episodes that stood out as having the most plays, downloads, and shares. This repeat episode with Business of Design member Joylene Abamucci originally aired as episode 231, which wasn't that long ago, so it really stood out that it had one of our top plays. Based on the comments and feedback that we received at the time it aired, we know that so many of our members and our listeners really resonated with Joylene's story. We hope you enjoy this episode and take it to heart as you set your goals and intentions for the new year. From all of us at Business of Design, happy holidays. Well, hello there, you fabulous interior design professional. My name is Kimberly Selden. I'm the host of Business of Design podcast. Most importantly, I'm an interior design professional just like you and just like today's guest, Joylene. Joylene Abamuchi from Lagos, Nigeria. Yes, that's right. We're not in Kansas anymore. It's a great conversation with someone who started where I started with such low confidence and the systems and strategies and protocols and boundaries just missing from the business. But the difference between Joylene and me is, man, she took care of business and got herself straightened away in a very short amount of time. In one year, you are going to hear the most dramatic transformation Yeah, imagine she went from hiding her design fees in furniture quotes, you know, padding those quotes so she'd make a little bit of money for her time, to charging for consultations and then getting better clients and then getting those clients to say yes to what she was proposing, which is what we all want, right? One of the things I love so much about this conversation is if it can happen for Joylene, if it can happen for me, it can happen for you. Episode 231, Trust the Business of Design Process with Joylene Abamucci. Well, it's the BOD 15 steps um, management strategy that I said, it's, I was a game changer for me. It's, it has given me the confidence that I need to handle any magnitude of, of, of projects. Hey, let me tell you, you're going to work for this. It's not all easy. In fact, I nearly snorted coffee up my nose when Joylene said step four is tedious. She used that exact word because, yeah, it really is the perfect word. Step four can be so tedious, but it's the game changer. Joylene is the design director and CEO of HomeFS Interior Design, a wellness-based interior design firm in Lagos, Nigeria, and it was rated by Grafrica as one of the top 10 interior design firms in Nigeria. I think they're going to have to do the rating again and just put you straight at the top. Joylene specializes in designing simple and stylish living spaces that give joy, beauty, and inspiration to her clients. And everybody, please reach out and follow Joylene at homofez underscore interiors on Instagram, homofez interiors on Facebook, H-O-M-A-F-E-Z 
I-N-T-E-R-I-O-R-S. I'm currently in my Canadian half of the year, so it's all Zed all the time. But come January, when I'm living in Santa Monica, it's all Zs. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Joylene, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. It is about 3.45 in the afternoon here. I am in, uh, in the Toronto area. And tell us where you are and what time it is. I am in Nigeria, Lagos, Nigeria, and it is it is um, eight forty five p.m. That's almost my bedtime since COVID. I started going to yes. bed earlier and earlier because of COVID. I don't know why, and now I get up at like five thirty in the morning, and I'm still don't know what to do with myself. But it's good. I've been trying to start going to bed at nine p.m., but I have it's been a struggle. I always end up going to bed around 11 p.m. or 10, 30 p.m. And, and I wake up, I usually wake up at 4.35 a.m. So I, I like to be sleeping. That's <laughs> not enough yes, sleep. I, I would just be crying all day because that's not enough sleep. <laughs> because I, I usually have to have my morning uh, routine. I do this morning routine one hour before everybody wakes up. So I try to wake up one hour earlier than my children and everybody so that I have the whole, um, I just have uninterrupted one hour time. (laughs) Sometimes that's really, really important. How old are your children? Okay, I have four children. The first one is 20. And the second is 18. And then the third one is 14. The last is eight, eight years. I'm in shock because I've seen you, of course, only <laughs> via Zoom, but I didn't think you look old enough to have any children, much less an 18-year-old. <laughs> well, no wonder with four children, you have to get up early to have an hour to yourself in the morning. You have to get yourself centered and ready for your day. Yes, very important. But but they are not home. They are in colleges. I only have one with me right now. The other ones are in schools, are in boarding school, um, universities. So I stay with the youngest, the one that is eight years old. So good. Oh my gosh. I love it. Well, we were so excited, of course, to meet you at Business of Design. And just, we so often meet members who are from somewhere that's not in North America. It could be uh, in Europe. It could be in um, Southeast Asia. And very often they'll say, you know, it sounds good in theory, but I don't think what you do there in North America is going to work for me over here 
year. And so we just wanted to hear your perspective on what it's like to be a designer in in Nigeria. You know, what are your clients like? What are your projects like? And mostly, like, what's your process like? Okay, uh, that's a pretty long question. <laughs> I know, I snuck in like um, five well, questions in there, yeah. <laughs> yes. Where do I start from now? Okay, so in Nigeria, interior design is just at its beginning stage, as in people are beginning to appreciate uh, what the interior design industry and um, people are beginning to hire us and getting a better understanding of what we do and the value we bring to projects. Unlike a few years back when... Um, it was a struggle because you have to explain and teach them and educate them and before they can even consider to hire or pay, pay your design fees. But in Nigeria now, they sometimes they call and then they, they are asking, you know, how much, how do you, do you charge for consultation fees? How do you, so they are now open to paying consultation fees. They are open to, they understand that they have to pay design fees. They understand that, you know, the value that we bring. So it's, um, it's an interesting time in Nigeria, in the interior design industry. What caused them to understand, like, are there TV shows where they see designers or like, how did, how did you make that, that change in their attitude to paying for consultations? I mean, I'm sure that was a big adjustment. Very, it was a huge one, even for me, because I was afraid to charge consultation fees. I was even afraid to charge design fees. So um, initially, I would, I know I would, I started with charging design fees, but they were really, really low, and they were not even agreeing to pay. So I started with doing what every other person was doing. Um, you know, just submit a quote and include everything and pad the whole thing and inside there you have your design fees. But um, uh, later on, I said, no, I'm a professional and um, this is how interior designers are paid this way and this is how I'm going to start to... I I must separate my design fees from the product's um, costs. So I was trying to do that until I, I met your podcast through uh, someone referred to your podcast. I was, I was watching it, an interior design program on, on um, YouTube. And then the lady said, oh, if you want to know how to run a design business properly, go, to, go and listen to a business of design podcast and immediately. And I, I, I went to your... And I found your podcast and I started binge listening. Like I could listen to five episodes in one day. I was desperate. <laughs> I was desperate to find a process, to find a solution, to know what to do. Because nobody was showing anybody anything here in Nigeria. Nobody was, I, I don't know, nobody had the answers, nobody had, or even those that knew were not really willing to share how they were doing it. So, but in your podcast, I saw everything that I was looking for and that immediately shifted my mindset 
and I, I had, I, I, you know, I suddenly became strong and I had the confidence to start looking my, at myself, addressing myself and behaving like a professional interior designer. So that was when the shift started for me, for me. And that was um, beginning of 2020. That was when I found your podcast. And that was when everything started to shift. And um, along the line, I took it. I took um, just a short course, the uh, free course of your of your fifteen steps um, project management strategy. I, I, I okay. And then he gave me a clue, and on okay how to organize my process because before then I had created like a million processes, but no one was working. It wasn't just. Nothing was, wasn't working for me. Okay, so he gave me a little idea. And okay, and then later, I decided to, I took one month. I, I thought that a month would be enough for me to like grasp everything, <laughs> you know. And I took one month of your, of the, of the BOD course. Uh, it was after then that like my confidence went from, 20% to 60%, or let me say 50%. And I immediately increased my, my consultation fee. I increased it to a certain number. But when I got the first uh, client to, um, when the first client came, I didn't, I didn't have the confidence. Like I told the person, okay, this is my fee. This is my consultation fee. But, oh, but you could do 50%. And I, even before he asked, I flashed it into two. We've all <laughs> done it. We've all done it. That's exactly what we've all done. That's hilarious. <laughs> But you got paid something so, for that consultation. So that was that the first time? Yes. He, the first time, yeah, he got he paid me and he was so overwhelmed with the value that I provided. He said he didn't know that I, I was this good. He was just seeing lots of things. And that gave me the courage. I said, wow, I, there's something here. I have to really start seeing the value that I bring to this consultation. And the man kept singing praises and telling people about me. So the, after that, um, I decided to now take the course itself. But after then, I, I got other consultation and my, because my confidence was getting stronger and stronger, I held on to the fee that I increased it to. And even when they were negotiating and trying, I, I held strong. I said, that's what I paid because I had seen what I did for the first guy. And I, and I knew that, okay, there was really, I was bringing a lot of value in my consultation. So that was how I started until later I decided to now fully join BOD. I joined BOD and, and one of the things that I told myself that, I was going to do every single thing that you, every single instruction. I just told myself I was going to be in a novice. I, I was going to pretend I had never been an interior designer before. I was going to come with an open mind. And even if what you said it makes sense, I was still going to try it because my way had not really worked out very well for me. And I 
related so much with your own struggles, you know, you share a lot of the mistakes you made and everything sounded like what I was doing. So, and one of the things you said is we should increase our consultation fee. And I just doubled my consultation fee. And that was it. That's so good. (laughs) I doubled it and I tried to get clients and I tried telling them this is my consultation fee. And they actually paid without so much um, problem like that. So it's been from there, it's been going. I've been getting better, better clients who value what I do, who respect me, who can afford what I, um, who can afford my fees. Because if you can afford my consultation fee, there is a, um, a possibility, a huge possibility that you can afford my design fees. So I've been having better clients, um, just like better projects, bigger projects have been busier than I've ever been before. And like it's been since I started the business. This is just, I'm just my, I'm just grinning from ear to ear. And this is all during 2020. I don't know what the COVID situation was like in Nigeria. So how did that impact your momentum as you've, you started to gain momentum as this more confident designer? Well, um, in, when the COVID started in Nigeria, we all thought that the you know all most businesses were affected. But to my surprise, the interior design industry became it wasn't affected. It's like people, everybody now wants to um, redesign their home, redecorate their home. So we have more people asking for interior design services be more than we did before COVID happened. So I think it kind of favored us this time. <laughs> yeah, we got lucky, right? Isn't it funny? Like we live, yeah, we, got, we, yeah, we live so far apart and yet you're just telling my story. Like what you, your experience is just my experience, except for I think... I think people were already used to paying for interior designers in North America, maybe not a consultation fee, but for everything else. So to me, that's a big, that was a big leap of faith. And so your friends, your peers who are also interior design professionals, they're not doing it your way. What do they say when you tell them you should charge for the consultation and you should have a process? Like, what are your peer groups saying? Well, um, some of them charge but the other ones are afraid. Actually, they want to charge because they know the pain and the frustration of doing a free consultation. You know, you 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 drive your car, you spend your time, and then you give all of your ideas to a client for free, and then you leave. And you, most times, you don't hear from the client. So they, they talk, most of them come with complaint and. They come to me at a point of frustration of like, well, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I start to tell them, you have to charge for consultation. They agree that they have to charge for consultation, but they are just afraid to do that. They feel they will lose the client. And I told, well, I had a conversation with one of my colleagues and she was telling me how she prepared um, 
consultations. She first of all she went for a free consultation, and then she prepared for a, prepared a quotation that really cost her money because to prepare a quotation, it, you know, you have to call the experts and all of that. And at the end of the day, the client's budget was not even. It was just very insulting. And that's how she put it. And I and I asked her. Did, when, did you get paid before you started to do all of this? He said, oh, that's the problem, Joylene. How do I do that? I will lose the client. I said, well, you, you, this time you didn't just lose the client, you also lost your money. So yes. it's you charge for consultation and lose the client, keep your sanity, keep your joy, keep your peace, and keep your money. Because if you go to a client without charging, you are you are losing everything. I mean, it doesn't now it doesn't make sense to me at all. So Wow, I'm so happy you're it. there and I'm so happy you're gonna pay it forward and tell others what to do. And have you noticed a difference? Like what I noticed which really surprised me is the people who paid for a consultation were more likely to hire me than the people who didn't pay for a consultation. That was really obvious after a short time. Have you noticed that? Yes, a hundred percent. I have. I've noticed that because someone who is willing to invest in you for two hours, it's more than willing to, you know, go the nine, the whole nine years with you. So, um, it's always like almost a hundred percent guarantee, almost that if you go for a consultation, you will also do the job. Except the client does not have the money yet to go. That's the only case they don't get to call me back to do the job. But if they hire me for a consultation, I'm almost hundred percent sure that I will do the next one. But when I was doing free consultation, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't getting 90% of the job. I wasn't getting 90% of the job. That's yes. exactly what I found. And I started to feel like I must be doing something wrong. I'm a failure. Obviously, I'm no good at this. Like, you know what I mean? I just began to spiral. My confidence just got worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And charging yeah. was scary for me at first. And it's, my confidence just went up and up as people were willing to pay for it. But I didn't change. I didn't have more talent because I was charging. I just had more confidence. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it does to people. So now I, it has also helped me to, um, to also not feel bad when someone calls me and maybe couldn't af um, af afford my consultation or afford my fees from the get-go. I don't feel bad anymore. Before, when I, when I don't get hired, I feel resent, I, you know, I feel resentful. I feel so terrible. My confidence will just drop on the floor. But now when clients or prospects come and I tell them this is how I work and maybe they say, if they say it's too expensive or I just like, oh, bye-bye, you're not my client. Right. I'm not supposed to say it. And I, and I say that with so much, you know, peace and ease and joy, no resent, no resentment at all. <laughs> yes, because you know what? They'll find somebody who will come for free. So their needs will be met. 
but just not by you. Exactly. When exactly. You said your confidence level was up to about 50%. Where is it at now and what are you doing to get it up higher? Okay, now I'll say it's 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 um 90 if I say 90 percent, I don't think I'm too far from the truth. Wow, <laughs> that I mean that's like in one year. That's in one year. 90%. What's what's changed yes. beyond the consultation? What else has changed? Well, it's the BOD 15 steps um, management strategy that I said it's, that was a game changer for me. Before I had that, okay, want to say something? No, I was going to say, but it it works for you in Nigeria because we hear from people like it, you know close to us in France. I guess it's France is maybe halfway between Canada and Nigeria. My geography is terrible, yeah. but we hear from people. Oh, it doesn't work here, but you're saying it works where you are. Yeah, it works for me absolutely. It's it has given me the confidence that I need to handle any magnitude of of, of project because part of the part of the reason why I wasn't so confident before was like okay, joining if they give you so 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 and so um, project. Can you even put it together? Can you organize it? Can you deliver? And the, you know, sadly, I, the answer to that question was no. I know I would have been so overwhelmed and frustrated, and I would have maybe run into serious problems with the client, with the artisans, and everyone. But what changed everything? What skyrocketed my confidence level was learning the 15 steps project management strategy. It's, I don't know, every day I keep praying for you. I keep blessing you (laughs) in my prayers because I have peace of mind. I have the confidence, the boldness. I I I can face any project and any client with, and I can guarantee them a hundred percent a beautiful result because I have a system that I follow. Okay, it is the system is tedious. It's not easy. I just yes. finished. Um, I just finished step four. It was so tedious. Oh my god! I almost wanted. I I almost skipped something, but thank God I did. I almost kept preparing the sheet, but I reminded myself, you said you're going to follow Kimberly step by step, whatever she says, even if it doesn't make sense, you have to do it. So I sat down and I started preparing the sheet and I discovered that that was another game changer. That was where all my mistakes used to happen. That's where I usually lose money. That's where I usually undercharge for products. And I know I'll give... um, a quote thinking I've given the right price only to discover that it was, <laughs> and then totally. I'll end up paying with my money. Totally, <laughs> so, totally, totally. Yeah. So I, when I finished this sheet, it took me like days and days of working from morning till nine to 10 PM. 
like for days, but I finished it and I said, okay, so this is the importance of doing this. So I finished except for yesterday and I'm going to have my presentation tomorrow and I am very confident of facing my clients. (laughs) I'm going to send prayers your way because I bet you just do a great job. So this is the first time I'm using the system step by step by step. This is the first time I'm actually doing a full-scale presentation. Before now, I used to present everything one by one. Like maybe I'll show them something this week and then... Maybe in another week, I'll show them two more items. I'm like, so I'll just, I'll be running out of Skelter. This is the first time I'm presenting every single item at once. Everything at once. I totally used to do the same thing. I would just wear them out with endless meetings and endless approvals and endless checks. And I do remember to this day, the very first presentation I did that was everything. And I was so scared. I wasn't nearly as confident as you are. I was really scared. And she, she did everything. And I recently, I shared this on the podcast. I ran into her recently and I told her that she was the first person I did that with. And she said, you couldn't tell. She said, I just thought that's the way you do it. So it was really nice to meet that (laughs) client again. It's just the best way. It's the best way to run this business. I am just going to interrupt this conversation, which uh, we recorded about four weeks ago. Since we did this recording, Joylene has reached out and she gave us a client update. Here's what her email says. And I love the subject line, jumping for joy. I am over the moon with excitement, four exclamation marks. Just finished the presentation with clients and it was super successful. The client loved my presentation and sang long praises of my professionalism. It was an hour presentation and they were both fully engaged all through. And I read the quote line by line. To my greatest surprise, my project estimate was accepted without any form of negotiation. I couldn't believe it. More of those exclamation marks. Thank you, Kimberly. Oh my God, I'm totally going to (laughs) cry. Thank you, Kimberly, for creating Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy. It really does work irrespective of location or country. And then she signs off, Joylene. And you know those dancing girl emojis with the red skirt? Yeah, a whole bunch of those. Well, we're jumping for joy too, Joylene. Thank you so much for letting us all know how it went. You're just getting started. This is just the beginning. It's so exciting. Now, let's jump back to the recorded interview. You know, the other result of doing all the hard work at step four is I found that I I don't have problems later. All the problems are figured out early. And so then later I can just enjoy a nice project with my clients. And sometimes there are challenges, but nothing like it used to be like one crisis after another before. Yes, yes. I'm experiencing the same thing. Even though it's it's very tedious, but it's not overwhelming. I'm not not overwhelmed. I'm not emotionally 
stressed. I'm not confused. I'm not worried. I'm just tired from the hard work. Yes. But I have clarity. Tedious, <laughs> yes. tedious is the perfect word. That's exactly exactly what step four, a lot of step four is tedious. And, and people don't want yes. that, like, right? People want to sign up for a coach who says, oh, no, it's super fun. Like, it's just super fun and you can make a lot of money. No, it's really hard work. And there are certain places where you have to buckle down and do the hard work and then you can have some fun. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's, that's, that's step four. And, and I, I thank God that step four is the, is the most tedious. After said step four, every other thing is going to be at least an easy flow a bit. <laughs> well, it's been an interesting journey and I'm so, so grateful to God that I found BOD and that I found you and that you're honest. You are very um, transparent, you know, you share your, you're, you're also vulnerable. You share your struggles, you share your mistakes and that's, you know, that was what really gave me the, the I don't know, I gave, I, I, that gave me the hope and the faith to believe that, oh, if Kimberly could overcome this, then it means I can too. Wow. You, in, in 1991, in 91 to about 98, I was so lonely and sad and so struggling. And I just prayed there was anybody I could talk to about it. So it's really amazing to sit here in 2021 and meet you from another country and to know that we are just like have the exact same experience and we're connected in this really deep way, like really important, deep way. You're, yeah. you're very important to me. I think about you a lot. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I want to come. I want to come to Nigeria and meet your family. That would be so fun. We, I've been to Kenya, but I've not been to Nigeria. Oh, please come. I would love to host you. Oh, honestly, my dream. <laughs> my dream. Come. We want to make sure everybody follows you. Are you on Instagram or Facebook? Which do you like? Yes, I'm on Instagram. My handle is um, at Home Affairs underscore interiors, home affairs as in H-O-M-A-F-E-Z, underscore interiors. That's my Instagram handle. And we will put that in the show notes as well. We end every episode with design intervention. It's just a great piece of advice you want to share with your fellow BOD people. Okay. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that you need to put... Um, a high value on yourself and your skill before others, before prospects and clients can do so. They value you as much as you value yourself. They value your business as much as you value it. They value your skill as much as you value it. They value your time as much as you value it. So you have to, first of all, decide on what that value is and they will follow suit you know so, but before I used to think it was the other way around I present my service and then I'll expect the client to put a value on it but now I 
I know that I'm, I'm in control. So I present my value. I put a price on my value. And I confidently stand by price. Did that make sense? <laughs> that completely makes sense. And it's one of the hardest things to do. We talk about it all the time, like value yourself. But valuing yourself means honoring and respecting your time, you mentioned, right? Exactly. It's value in honoring yes. the skills that you've earned and the talent and the expertise that you have. And I think that we do that by charging for those things and not giving them away. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Especially That's as true. women, right? I mean, especially, I don't know, I don't know about, you know, where you're from, but here men seem to have an easier time of placing a value on their expertise often, I think, than women do. Over here is even a bigger problem, bigger, bigger problem. So most of the time before you, you know, we can think of succeeding. We do a lot of mindset reset. Like I had to do a lot, a lot, a lot of mindset reset because right from when we're children, they've programmed us differently from how, you know, they've, they've valued us since, it's like women are lesser, you know, something like that. I, I, don't, I can't even say it because it's very annoying. <laughs> but now... <laughs> but um, it, it's it's a work that we have to do by ourselves. We have to reparent ourselves. We have to retrain our minds, and we have to um, teach ourselves that we are valuable. It's something we have to do by ourselves. We can't wait for the society to do it for us because already society has a way. They already have a way they look at women. So nobody's going to, to come raise you up out of that dust. You have to pick yourself up. You have to announce your value and declare your value until, you know, it starts to sink into their, <laughs> into their, their minds. That's it. Do you think it will be different for our daughters? Yes, absolutely. I think so. Because already my daughter, she's 18 years. She doesn't think the way I think. She thinks so much differently, so much differently. And I'm so happy that she already has that kind of mindset. So, you know, the children of these days are not, um, they're so different. So there are some things that we tell her and I will ask her and then she will question me by so why do you think it has to be so why do you have this kind of idea and all of that so and I'm happy that they've you know gone past I don't know how to put it they have a better mindset yes they have a better much better mindset well she was lucky because she's been able to stand on your shoulders you have been a power of example for your daughter and she's obviously learned Oh, thank you. <laughs> sometimes I doubt if, I, if, I'm, if I'm teaching. I mean, sometimes I, I, I begin to question my, um, I begin to fear that I hope my, the negative mindset I grew up with, that I wasn't passing it. That's my, it's one of my biggest fear. I don't want to pass that mindset to my children. I want them to be completely different from me, stronger, confident, 
take no bullshit from anyone. <laughs> right? And that's, that's, that's why you get up early every day. So you make sure you present yeah. that face to your family. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yes, no bullshit indeed. Oh my gosh, it just is so lovely to be able to spend time with you. Thank you so much for sharing so generously with everyone. I am delighted. I, I actually like sharing my stories because I feel that somebody out there will be encouraged or inspired or learn something and have hope that, oh, if joining could come out, <laughs> come through, you know, there is hope for me too. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today 